0: Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Every time we talk with a woman, we're going to learn something, something that's going to help you in some aspect of your life, your relationship, your business. Um, how about reinvention? How about just being happy? We're going to be talking about happiness. This is uh, a great week because this is something we're always talking about. I've been interviewing women, leading women, all over the world since 2007. And, of course, our new book, we want you to know and remember about the new book. That will make me happy and you happy, too. Nineteen other women, including myself. The book is Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Shared Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. And we're very, very happy about that. We're in our fourth printing. But, again, today we're talking to someone who is a happiness expert. Her name is Dr. Christine Carter. Um, Now Christine is a sociologist and a senior fellow at Berkeley uh, University and and, and also Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center. Can you imagine that? A Greater Good Science Center, how wonderful can that be? She combines uh, her studies in neurology, neuropsychological and psychological research, positive psychology, positive productivity and all about elite performance and demonstrates by doing less we can actually accomplish more. Now she's got a new book out and we're going to be talking about that. The Sweet Spot, How to Find Your Groove at Work and at Home. And it's a great read. I read it last night and it's very practical, lots of great advice. You want to hear this woman's advice about how to be to find your sweet spot, how to find your groove, whether you're at work or at home. So I want to thank Dr. Christine Carter for being with Conversations with Smart Amazing Women. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome. Thank you for being with
1: us. Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: You know, I like to start out any conversation. Women, we're, sometimes we're not very good about tooting our own, own horns, and sometimes we're not very good about telling people who we are, and I think that's something so very important because I think also what we do oftentimes is compare ourselves to someone else and think that everything seems so perfect or lovely for that other person, but sometimes when we find out their story, how they became who they are and what they're doing in their life, really there is that. There are a lot of things that you go through to become who you are, and you and I and everyone I know has had different different challenges and opportunities in their life. So I always ask, how did you get to be who you are today?
1: You're,
0: <laughs> I mean, I find that fascinating when I really ask people to tell me their stories. So so how about you? How did you get to be who you are today?
1: Yeah, well, it's been quite a journey. You know, I um, people ask me and they ask my children all the time, are you happy? And um, I, I think... Actually, I was uh, born a more optimistic kind of a person, but also very anxious and perfectionistic. I've been uh, raised by a long line of anxious women um, and spent the early part of my life, I would say, overachieving, right? So, I mean, I think a lot of people with PhDs spend a lot of time um, just focusing on the next accomplishment and, um, and that was me. And um, and you know, when I had my uh, own children, I, I remember being pregnant and um, thinking, I think that I would like to switch my focus of study. I was studying positive emotions and creativity and innovation, which is still very interesting to me. But I think I I need to get a hold on this uh, this happiness thing. I, I think I'd like to be the last in this line of. <laughs> of anxious women um and i you know began a new kind of a journey and really learned taught myself and you know absorbed all the research related to positive emotions and happiness and um sort of taught myself how to be happy or how to be less anxious um with an eye towards raising happy children and um and and really you know Ten years later, I was a single mother and um, and thriving in so many ways. I was really happy. I wasn't really anxious. I, my career had totally taken off. I was going gangbusters there. I, I had all this great time with my children. I, I felt like everything, I really had it all, um, except for the thing that mattered the most, and that is really my health. I was really tired all the time. I mean, really exhausted. And um, so even though I was doing well at work and happy at home, I, I got sick all the time. I caught every virus on every airplane. And it wasn't, it wasn't serious illness, but it was chronic. You know, I had strep throat for 18 months. And, um, and that was when I realized I hadn't, I, I hadn't quite figured it all out. And, you know, we say we teach what we need to learn. And so that was the birth of this, my latest book, The Sweet Spot, where I really road tested all of the research related to reducing overwhelm in our lives and not feeling so busy and feeling like I had enough time to get enough sleep and really take care of myself. And I have to say, it's been my favorite project yet because it really has changed how I operate in the world incredibly dramatically. So I think that that is, um, I, that, I mean, that's the, I don't know if that's a long version or a short version of how I became who I am.
0: I think that's why all of us, if we really sit down and <clears throat> think about what what we're doing, it really does go back to ourselves. I mean, <clears throat> but that question is always asked by so many people. Uh, are you always here? I just want to be happy. I just yeah happy, or they say, I'm just so busy. So those two things are such a common denominator, especially with women. Yeah. I've actually changed that from I'm busy to blessed. And I think that's, you know, when we talk about happiness or we talk about even being busy, it's a state of mind. And again, you know, this is something, again, that that self-talk, that indoctrination. But yeah, I think women especially, we're vulnerable. We're still vulnerable because of of what we're what we're put what's pushed at us, which is to be young, beautiful, thin, attractive, uh, intelligent, and be able to do it all. I mean, and I guess that's the thing is, how do you know? How do we disconnect? You know? How do we? How do we start to say, wait a minute, wait a minute? I can I can be a I can be happy at work. I can be happy at home, and I can be satisfied in all in right. life without thinking. Gee, I need to be doing more and uh, like you, I think I think the road has been also women are so busy achieving and overachieving that they never take time to celebrate their accomplishments. And I think that's in itself uh, something that I've had issues with, and, and I think a lot of women do, because it's not really about... When they hand you the award, that you go, great, but I, I'm, I'm already off to the next project,
1: you know. <laughs> so. Right, and, it, and it, never, it never makes you as happy as you think it's going to, right? You might get this sort of fleeting pleasure, but that's not really where meaning and happiness come in, in our lives. So learning to, to really live in a space where you have, so for me, the sweet spot is uh, living from a space where you have gr- both great ease and great strength. Right, so I was really good at living from this place of great strength, but there was very little ease right i i i was There was a lot of strain, a lot of striving, a lot of stress, a lot of exhaustion, and so being able to really enjoy the life that I had worked so hard to create was um was the next trick for me um, and you know, we are so fortunate to live in this. Age where we do have tons of great neuroscience. We understand productivity and efficiency much better um, than previous generations obviously did. And but the you know but we're really struggling. You know I'm a I'm trained as a sociologist and so I'm always looking at um, social trends. And this mantra of I'm so busy I'm so busy is an interesting social myth. Really you know from a we understand it sociologically it comes from it's a holdover from industrialization when time could be equated with money and a person's value uh, you know and productivity was measured but essentially by their busyness yeah. but um, but now we know that the most creative most productive, most intelligent people among us are not operating in this state of Overwhelm or near overwhelm, you know, to, that's created by this time pressure and sense that we have to be all things to all people, doing things all the time, right? So the first step for me, um, and I think for most people, is to really question this idea that busyness equals significance, right? Culturally, when we say I'm so busy, what we really mean is I'm so busy and important. Right now, I, I am asserting my significance to you because all the most important people in our culture seem to be the most pressed for time yeah. but what we yeah, know
0: I yeah i understand yeah. you're so busy that you can't really talk to me more than few, a few minutes in your life and, and yeah i think you're definitely right you know that that busyness permission is also part of what we're talking about too is giving yourself permission to unhook that too but i, I right. also think i also think in some respects we've also lost a deep connection with people because of, of that busyness. You know, you talk a lot about in the book about support systems, and I think that's something mm-hmm. that needs to be talked about more and more. Not only do women need permission to unhook or to, you know, as you say, learning to say no, which women are not very good at either, but to have permission to do so. I, I, I love it when I tell people, um, yeah, I, 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 no, I can't make that. I can't do that time because I'm getting a massage. And then they go, oh, 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 you're getting a massage. And I was like, oh, my god! Isn't
1: that luxurious? I wish I had time to take care of myself. I,
0: I, you're so <laughs> special. I sure wish I could do that. And I say, you know what, I do this every week for myself. It's very therapeutic. You might try it yourself. It's, but it's interesting how we do, you know, when we do say something that maybe, again, says that we're, we're going to take time off. We're going to take a vacation. We're going to take a recess. Or, or, you know what? I'm going to take a darn nap. I'm going to take a right. nap. Right. You know, mean, I'm tired.
1: Know. This is what I need to function well. This is what I need to allow my best self to emerge, right? That we, There's a huge disconnect between what our culture sees as productive and, um, and what will lead to success and what our human bodies actually need. You know, we treat ourselves like computers that we can just switch on and leave on uh, as, long as, we, as long as we want. We, we treat our brain like it can multitask, right? Like it can run multiple apps at any one given time. But we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that is impossible for the human brain, right? But when we do the things that the brain and the body need to function well... It doesn't look like what our culture tells us leads to success, right? It looks like what the the quirky um, creatives among us do. But, you know, I'm telling you, they know something. Neuroscience is now backing it up. No,
0: uh, my background is in neuroscience also, but, you know, you talk also about in the book about doing less and getting more out of it because mm-hmm. we are more productive when we are fully focusing and we're fully present in the moment. You know, I, I mean, I have played tennis, and I, I know when you hit the sweet spot, it's the most pleasant. It's it's the it's the easiest thing that you can do, and yet you know we're all striving and we're working so hard that oftentimes we can't get to the sweet spot because we're too busy trying to even we're too busy thinking about it. And when we think about it, I like the I like what you talk about the, the autopilot. But mm-hmm. autopilot also learning to trust yourself and learning to be more comfortable with yourself and really learning what is good for yourself is when you can go into autopilot and things become so easy and so they come to you easy they're 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 more natural they feel more as you said at ease it's not the
1: right moment. right well you know there, you're hitting on two things there that I think are are really important um the first is that you know you're talking about learning to trust yourself and i i think that this is so important i was Doing a, I'm doing a workshop with um, women right now, and they, you know, their bodies know what they should be saying no to, what they should be saying yes to. Right? You can feel it in your body, but we've just been trained to overrule that, to numb out what we feel, to, to think first about what society says we should do or what um, the people around us you know, expect of us. And oftentimes that differs from what, what we already know and are deep in our unconscious, right? And that our unconscious doesn't have language to talk to us. So, for, you know, first of all, our unconscious brain is incredibly powerful. It is much more powerful than our conscious brain. You know, we give in Western culture, we give all the credit to the, you know, the part of our brain that thinks in words and is very analytical and linear, but actually the real powerhouse, the, you know, the speed center of our brain is all happens, uh, you know, at a subconscious kind of a level, but that part of our brain doesn't have words to talk to us. It has emotions right and it and it feeds us emotions and it feeds us body sensations yeah. and so if we so learning to trust ourselves means learning to listen to 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 actually feel what it is we feel without you know checking our phone seven thousand times to to you know sort of numb out the or distract ourselves or having a drink or eating the entire pan of brownies all the things you know we live in a world which gives us lots of opportunities to um to numb out how we're feeling and th- and then the other you know the other piece of it is really letting ourselves um, you know follow what our body is telling us right so acknowledging that what our internal knowledge is just as important as what society or maybe more important than what society has to say for us
0: well the uh, the books and the things the research that I've done and the things that we talk a lot about is women connecting for good which is again really supporting one another and I think again uh, women don't have to live in isolation is that basically they can get support you know, there's something amazing that happens is when you ask someone, how can I help you, you know. Yes. Also, how can you, and also reaching out for help. And I think this is another part that goes back to that issue of that you don't have to be all things to all people and that it is okay to ask for help. But it's also it's also very refreshing because you talk about gratitude and you also talk about the fact that when we reach out and help others, in, we, in turn, receive so much, and, and I, I know it's mm-hmm. difficult for a lot of women to understand is, is that, that give-and-take process, but also having a strong support system. You know, and again, I think the most successful women also are, are very good about, uh, about surrounding themselves with people that maybe you can call them coaches, maybe you want to call them cheerleaders. Or maybe mm-hmm. you want to call them best best friends or sisters or a community of sisters or, you know, again, whatever you want to call them, but are very good about knowing what their limitations are and, and understanding that support in the areas that they are limited. Like even, you know, like, like you said, taking a taking a recess, taking a break, getting someone to help you at home. Those are things mm-hmm. that you don't maybe want to do. You know, there's, there's things that women can do that can allow them to take the – the time to find the sweet spot and to really take the time away just to, just to rejuvenate.
1: Yeah. I, yeah I, well, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that the – well, we know that the single strongest finding um, in – if you look back 100, 150 years in psychology or sociology about overall well-being is that a person's happiness is best predicted by the breadth and the depth of their social connections. Their, their, their friendships, their relationships with their family members and and their colleagues. And the way that we establish those connections is by reaching out, right, by making eye contact and smiling at the barista, chatting up the person next to us on the train, by helping, holding the door open, feeding somebody's meter, by thinking first not about our own happiness. This is the great irony, right, that we are happiest not when we pursue happiness for ourselves, but when we pursue it for other people. And so when we end up in these positions, I was very much in a position where I needed support, right? I was very sick and a single mother. And um and just working through all of it. I you know, leaning in didn't work for me. Leaning on did. Right. So when I reached out and said I need more support, that was a gift that I was giving the, my friends and my family member because it was giving them this opportunity to help me and to help me find rest and self-care. And by doing that, they benefited in terms of happiness and increased connections. I have the most wonderful family and um, sort of band of sisters that um, has, has been, you know, through it all with me. But you know what? I had to ask for a lot of help, right? People, when they, when they see high-achieving women um, uh, who have been sort of hiding how exhausted they are for years or only hinting at it, they don't know how to help, right? They don't know. But my experience is that when you say, listen, this is how I need help, and, uh, and it takes great humility at least for me it took a lot I I had to sort of suck in my pride and realize that I you know the way that I was going to keep leading the life that I had had worked so hard to create and that I had so much going for me was to um, accept more help in all realms for a little while at least
0: the, the book is great. It's very practical. There's lots of great ideas and tips and things that, that people can pick up on. And, and understanding also that there there's give and take in everything, that, you know, no, no one's happy all the time, no one's sad no. all the time, and that that there are continuum of emotions and that we need to allow all those emotions to come through. But this is a this is a great book. You know, it's one that people. That's the the question of the universe. You know, to say, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. So, so I and I love the the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley. I think that is wonderful. I think we know we 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 all know we want to feel connected. We all know we want to be more positive about our lives and the people that are in it. So, uh, I, I congratulate you on the book. It's a, it's a wonderful read and. You know we will uh, women connect for good and what we're doing we want to promote what you're doing and help you in any way we can too so um, whatever we can do to help you to continue to do the good works that you're doing that's what we want to we want to do and accomplish with you
1: well I thank you so much for that and I'm um, it's really a pleasure to be a part of this and i um, I hope that we can continue to support each other
0: yeah. Well, we we call them leading women. So now we're, you're officially one of our leading women, which is a, again a great support system, system and a support and a community of sisters. So I can call you my sister. So amen. all right,
1: I like it. <laughs> we need all the support that we can get, all the sisters that we can get.
0: That's so why I say amen, sisters. But uh, of course, where can they buy this great book? And, and what you're doing? You you have workshops. You're a coach. You uh, teach classes, I mean, you are a, a you are a, busy, you're a blessed person, not busy, you're blessed, you're a, a blessed person, so how can they learn more about you?
1: Well, I have a website, christinecarter.com, where people can sign up for my, to get my little newsletters, I send out little happiness tips and inspirational thoughts if you're interested in that, and I hope you can find the book in any bookstore at this point, but um, certainly in, on Amazon or your your local bookseller. So thank you for that.
0: It's a great book, and it's one you can just go through and find a couple of tips. Just if you're in a, if you're if you're blessed at that point in your life, but uh, I want to thank you again and congratulate you on your work. And and uh, we need we need more happiness. We need to be more comfortable. But women need to give themselves permission to do that and to again reach out for help and and continue to develop that great support system that we all need. So. I want to thank you again. Thank you for being with me. I'm glad we did make this call with each other. So you have a great day.
1: I am. I'm glad that we did too. You have a fantastic day as well. Thank you again.